0: Welcome to another episode of Imi's Insight. It's your host, Emmy, and this episode is going to be all about fair foods. So this topic is, it's an interesting one. It's an important one. And I'm honestly, oh, I have so much to say. I'm very amped, you could say, to record this episode because, oh boy, I've got a lot to put into this. And it's a lot of recent um, finds, I don't know if the word is find, a lot of recent realizations almost ah so where to begin all right if you guys saw my recent youtube video it was a vlog a day in the life vlog on a week that was a very healing week it was about 10 days ago now the week before i started uni which is the week i just have had and it was a rough week super busy week balancing balancing everything uni work training recovery social media studying just a ridiculous amount the week before that though it was a very healing and part of that healing had to do with a fear food challenge that I was set by my eating disorder psychologist, which caused a lot of distress for me and led me to realise a lot of things. <laughs> I always think of that, um, you know, that Kendall Jenner, Kylie Jenner meme where it's like, I don't think you would be experiencing if you went oh wait, no, that's not it no that's not it it was that one where Kylie says 2016 the year of realizing things (laughs) well that meme was relatable the other week honestly 2022 the year of realizing (laughs) so I I was set this fear food challenge by my eating disorder psychologist I've spoken about starting with a recovery uh, treatment team, sorry, um, on my YouTube and in an episode on my podcast. But basically this year I started working with a treatment team that includes my sports dietitian, my eating disorder psychologist, and my GP plus exercise physiologist. Although I'm, you know, doing really well in life, I feel so much more recovered and I feel fully functioning. I know that I haven't truly mentally healed from the place that was my worst and from my eating, eating disorder. And so I started with this team because 2022, guys, the year of realizing things, the year of... <laughs> I, just, I just don't want it to rule my life. And I, I've seen cases of people who still have an eating disorder and they are old. They are in their 50s and they've had an eating disorder their whole life. And although I'm fully functioning and I'm doing really well, those thoughts still happen to me. And I know a lot of people experience the same thing. And I just don't want to do that anymore. So I know I have to put in this work to recover. And so that brings me to this topic of fear foods. So I wanted to talk about this episode because that that video, if you guys saw that vlog I made, was it was a great day and I just felt so healing. So let me just start with the challenge of... Actually, do you know what? Before we start with the challenge of fear foods, oh, this is so hard. Where to start? There's so much I have to say on this. So... Let me just begin with what I used to always, my previous take on fear foods. So in the past, when people would ask me things like, you know, do you have fear foods or can you do a video eating fear foods or, you know, talk about challenging fear foods, just bringing up the topic of fear foods, like do you have fear foods? My belief and response was always, yeah, when I had anorexia and I was in a really bad place, I was afraid of so many foods, which... I slowly but surely reintroduced and as hard as it was and as uncomfortable as it made me feel by having them I eventually lost that fear so that was to me things like a piece of wholemeal toast with peanut butter something that I would used to eat but I became so afraid to eat because because of my brain but also because of all of the messages in society because of diet culture because of whatever influencer I was influenced by as a teenager whatever it may be those foods became extremely terrifying for me and i would feel so much panic at the thought of being around that food so much guilt and it was things that were pretty healthy things that i would regularly consume before like wheat bix toast lots of different variations of toast my mom's cooking i remember once my mum made a beautiful stir fry it was like she had brown rice and then she made a chicken veggie stir fry and it was nice this is when I was in a really bad place and I remember after dinner I was like what are all the ingredients because I used to be so afraid to eat a curry or anything my mum made and not know every single ingredient I was so afraid literally to eat anything that wasn't a vegetable or oats it was really really bad of a place to be in Anyway, I remember my mom told me the ingredients and I went and read through the labels of the different ingredients. So she put like light soy sauce and I read the packet of the soy sauce and it had a trace of sugar in it and I instantly felt like throwing up. I felt so nauseous with guilt. That was when I was in a terrible place. Now, oh my gosh, delicious. Give me the stir fry. Like, that's ridiculous. So basically my response was, yeah, I was afraid of so many foods, but I I have overcome them. And it wasn't easy. But when people ask about things like actual, in bunny ears here, junk food, I'm using bunny ears because all foods have their place in moderation. You know, food is not just fuel, even though that's something I promote a lot. Like food is fuel, food is energy. That's super important. It's, but it's not just that. Food is also, it's about culture. It's about social connections. It's social the social side of food that's massive because as humans, we share a lot with food. You know, we go out for dinner with friends we cooked it up for people we love we you know you have a birthday cake and you share it with people food is culture and it's social connections and it can be enjoyment and it can be so many other things and that's why it's so important to create a healthy relationship with it but anyway back to what I was trying to say before I went on a tangent when people would ask me about bunny is here Junk foods, will you ever eat unhealthy foods? Like how do you never eat unhealthy foods? I always thought, well, it's not hard for me because I don't crave those foods. I've never, you know, I've not never had them as a kid. I did, but I hadn't had unhealthy or junk foods in bunny ears here in so many years that I didn't remember how it tasted. My body didn't crave it and I didn't feel like I was restricted by not having them. So I always thought, oh, I never ate them before having an eating disorder. So I never have to eat them. They're not really a fear food because I never, they're not part of my diet. If you don't think that's a red flag and you don't think that's disordered or restrictive then let me tell you that is this is some things that I've been deep diving into and digging into lately and realizing (laughs) but I'm pretty sure quite a few people listening to this might think that is a red flag that is disordered and if you did that's because it's right it is disordered that is probably you know that really negative voice that's afraid to have that food So that was my previous take on fear foods. I just thought I don't desire this food. I don't remember what it tastes like. I had always preferred, you know, the more like whole food, healthy versions of conventional junk foods, but that doesn't mean you should be so afraid and not even consider having that unhealthy food every now and then, but that was my previous take. So this has been rewired recently And that's why I want to make this episode because I realized a lot of things as I've been saying. So the other week, my eating disorder psychologist asked me to do a fear food challenge. He said, how do you feel about doing a challenge? And I was like, good, that's what I want to do. This is why I'm taking you know, this commitment with this team. That's why I'm putting in this effort. That's why I'm investing in myself and this team because I trust that I'm going to do some healing. But I'm very aware that No one can do it for me. It has to come from me. This was a hard realization and it's something I've always known, but it just hit really hard recently where I realized nobody is going to help me. There's nobody out there that can help me but myself. So, yeah, I was like, yes, I want to challenge because I want to be challenged. I want to be putting into practice these things for myself to get better mentally. So, by the way, guys, I do have a journal that I wrote a little bit in which uh, let me tell you about why I got this journal so in that appointment with my psychologist he said look it doesn't have to be extremely difficult even if it's just something small he was like for example it could be a small little chocolate bar like one of those small little Marses." in my head I just thought that's a terrible example because Mars is so basic like I would never choose a Mars I'm sorry if Mars is your favorite chocolate then why though (laughs) there are so many better options but anyway so when he said that the only kind of examples that were coming to me were like different chocolates and he was like what like what's a fear food like just think of some and literally only one I couldn't think my brain suddenly was just like why is it blank right now (laughs) it's empty but one food was coming to my head because he gave that chocolate example and I said to him like, oh, there's only one thing coming to my head right now. And then as soon as I said it, I was like, oh no, now I'm going to have to tell him what it is and then I'm going to have to do this fear food challenge and I don't want to do this. See how adamant my that voice in my head is already. So I told him and then I was like, oh no, now I have to tell you. And he was like, what is it? And I said, the only food coming to my head right now is a freaking Caramello Koala good old Aussie chocolate chalky bar so if you guys aren't aware of a caramel koala if you're not from Australia which I'm sure most of you guys are it's basically like a dairy milk chocolate that's got like a center of caramel in it and it's in the shape of a koala and it's um like sister chocolate or brother chocolate is the Freddo frog and they're just like these like OG Aussie chocolates now I hadn't had one of these probably in about a decade, in about 10 years. Like I, I remember when I was a kid, I liked caramel and koalas. I liked Freddo's. What kid doesn't? Um, and kids have a sweeter palate. Like I know my palate's not like that anymore, but whatever. As a kid, I loved this food, this treat. I actually got a caramel and koala show bag at the Easter show when I was 11. And that year was really extra. I got three show bags. I don't even know what happened there because Oh, I, actually I do know what happened so my parents always had a rule like we were allowed to pick one show bag I would spend so so long looking through the website picking out which show bag I wanted I remember when I was about seven my mum saved like something from the paper which had show bags in it wow that makes me sound really old and I went through and I was like oh, which one do I get I want either what's that little bird called again is it Tweety <laughs> is that it Tweety bird show bag or Betty Boop I got Betty Boop I literally loved that show bag so much anyway when I was 11 my mom's friends took us like their friends like a their, it was just a couple they didn't have kids but they took me and my sister so that's why I got three show bags that year <laughs> um I remember I got like the teen Barbie show bag I got the caramel and koala show bag and I completely forget the other show bag that I got and now I'm like what the heck It'll probably come to me as soon as I finish this episode. But anyway, the caramella koala show bag had caramellos in it. It had a little caramella koala pencil case and pencil and a rubber and um a little puzzle. And that's all I remember. It also had some Freddos and I was kinda like, What are you doing in here, babe? Um and yeah, it was that was it. <laughs> The only time I remember having a Caramella Koala since then is maybe in early high school when um, like we would have those netball fundraisers and you had to sell those boxes of $1 chocolates to fundraise money for your netball club or whatever club it was. And I remember, you know, taking those to school for netball. But anyway, so it'd been a very long time. So he told me, okay, your challenge is to have a Caramella Koala. He wanted me to set a day and a time. And I was like, wait, no anyway I was kind of laughing at it about it at the time I was like well yeah whatever after our appointment I was panicking the next few days it was always nagging me in the back of my head and my brain was so adamant that I didn't want to have it I was like stressing I really didn't want to have it I was a bit overwhelmed I was thinking why do I why do I need to do this and I really considered not doing it I considered picking a different fear food that was less scary and then emailing him and saying, oh, change of plan, gonna do this instead. But then I thought a few things. One was, okay, clearly something's wrong. Clearly this is disordered if I'm so afraid to eat a chocolate bar. And if I tell him that and tell him about the challenge changing, then he's gonna be like, no, no. So the day after I went to Kmart to get a few things and Kmart has, like, lollies and chocolates there. Don't know why, but it does. And I noticed the caramel koalas staring at me. It nagged at my head while I was shopping in Kmart. I was just grabbing a picture frame for a painting that I bought. It didn't didn't fit. And I also bought myself a book. And when I went to check it out, guess what was freaking haunting me? It was staring at me. Caramel koalas at the checkout. I got really annoyed at them, so I went back to get a diary because my head was racing, and this is something that my psychologist has really brought attention to. He said, can you see your thoughts racing right now? And not even when it comes to food, it's in a lot of different situations because I've always had anxiety. But I thought, oh my gosh, my head's racing, I'm going to go and get a journal, and I'm going to just use it as a way to write my thoughts. It can be cathartic, because I've heard for a lot of people they find it really cathartic to write out and confide in so I went and bought a journal I got this cute little 35 cent like notebook type thing spiral bound cute little Aussie animals on the front guess what one of the Aussie animals on the front were it was a koala they were haunting me at this point anyway I'm going to read you out a little bit of what I wrote in the diary I wrote (laughs) today I was in Kmart and the bloody Caramello Koalas were haunting me. They were bloody everywhere and I felt stressed. I don't want to eat chocolate but feel the eating disorder psych I'm seeing planned a challenge this week. And it's to eat a Caramello Koala. My head is so resistant to this. Um, this challenge, this task I should say. So I called my best friend Hayley and I told her that I was panicking. This was actually, I think this was the next day. This was on Sunday night. And... um she was so good about it she actually I'm not reading from the diary anymore she she literally agreed she thought it was a great idea and I told her I didn't really want to do it anymore and she said no nah, we're going to do it and we'll get dinner tonight this week and then after we'll have it together I haven't had caramelos in forever they, they slap like let's do it she said I'll bring the koalas and she made it so more manageable it just it's not a big deal it was like yeah it's cool let's do it like this is great for your mental health but it's also just like it's chill like it's fine and that's another reason it's important to do because you have to realize like it's not the end of the world nothing is going to happen but I wrote in my diary I even thought about emailing Phil to change the challenge because I don't want a caramel koala is this the eating disorder being so resistant why is eating a caramel koala freaking me out I'm a bit ashamed that it's such a big deal like part of me doesn't want it but then I'm also like it's doing uncomfortable things that stops them from being uncomfortable but then part of me was like, well, I don't want eating chocolates to not be uncomfortable because then I don't want to do it. And then I wrote, but that's not the point. The not the point isn't to become <laughs> making yourself like, it's not to become a regular like eating caramel koalas all the time. The whole point is to not have disordered thoughts around food and ultimately myself. It's to understand that it's not going to change a thing in the world and it's not a big deal. It's important to fight that eating disorder, that voice that screams in your head. <sighs> So that's all I wrote in that entry like there's a bit more but it's not really relevant and throughout the week I kind of did a lot of I listened to lots of podcasts I just did a lot of thinking like what's going on in my head why do I need to do this and why do I feel like it's such a scary thing to do. I started to realize that I have I have a health perfectionist mindset and it's not healthy The health perfectionist mindset is so unhealthy, it's disordered. And that was a big thing for me that I need to get rid of. I need to rewire my brain. And I realized that having fear foods, especially ones I never wanted to have again, never thought I should have again, it's important to rewire my brain especially in regards to how it thinks about food and to rebuild this mindset so it's not this health perfectionist mindset. I need to recreate the neural pathways and heal my relationship with food and my body. How do you recreate neural pathways? It is by practice. You know how they say it takes 90 days to build a habit or so? Any skill that you do when you learn, oh, I did this unit at uni called motor control and learning, and it was all about the neural and the motor pathways in our brain to learn a skill. Like what happens inside our brain, inside our body, when we learn a new skill, such as juggling or a sport. I actually learned to juggle, and we had to do studies on, you know, both the theoretical component of it, but also the, the practical side, like what training routine did we have to follow? What techniques did we use? You know, there's so many different techniques. There's mental imagery, there's distributed distributed practice, which is when you break up the hours you practice throughout the week. There's, um, what's the opposite of distributed? <laughs> the one where you just pack it all in together and do it all in one go and do lots of hours at once. Um, Massed practice, that's what it is. So many different techniques to the way you go about building the new connections to learn a new skill. When it comes to your mental health, the way you build a new skill or a new pattern in the brain a new way of thinking a new motor connect neural connection rather is again by practice challenging that fear and practicing just doing it until it becomes normal until you create those neural pathways in your brain and rewire the way your brain thinks so i wrote I thought I don't want this food because I have come to prefer conventionally healthier foods so I can live with never having dessert I can live with never having a piece of my birthday cake I haven't in years but if I don't break this health perfectionism and I don't rewire the neural patterns and associations with food then my eating disorder and body image won't be tackled completely I also don't want to succumb indoors or promote the diet culture vibes I've grown up in a world plagued by wow (laughs) um deep stuff (laughs) right so I realized this isn't about, oh, you have to start regularly eating less healthier foods. This is about overcoming that fear and that obsession with health perfectionism. And I don't blame myself for having it, but it is my responsibility to rewire my brain because no one else is gonna come and do it for me. No one else is gonna practice it for me. I know the way to rewire my brain. I've learned lots of skills. You know, I got a 98.88 ATAR- that's a lot of study and the way I got my brain to you know, have that into my long-term memory stores, all the information I needed to put into my exams and my essays was practice, 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 studying so much. Not that I endorse that. Mental health <laughs> matters. Life is fun. That wasn't fun. And there's lots of other skills I've learned like hurdling. I have raced in plenty of national hurdle races and hurdling is a skill that just takes practice and practice and same as the technique for sprinting and running. And same as playing a musical instrument, I went to a performing arts high school, I played the saxophone at grade eight level, that was a lot of practice. And all of those things to, you know, make that become an automatic routine in my head or just something that I could do was created through practicing so I build those neural connections in my brain. And for me, because I have developed this eating disorder and it is a mental illness that has, I've struggled with for years, I have realized that you know as much as I've done so well overcoming from the worst place I was in because I really have I never have fully truly healed and I think this is what I have to do to fully heal to fully not have that voice and that you know I don't even want to give examples of some of the thoughts in my head but if you know you know like making it hard to eat making it hard to listen to your hunger making you know those thoughts that make you feel guilty and make you not consume enough energy to get rid of that and especially one of my biggest goals out of this is to heal my relationship with my body and how I view myself and how I criticize myself and my body image and I think that is all part of it rewiring how your brain thinks and works and I realize that this is how to do it by challenging it and and how adamant my brain was and resistant to doing this challenge made me think this is disordered and this is only more proof that it really is important to do so that day that I had that fear food that chocolate it was just a little one he said you don't have to go hard you just have to go and try and enjoy it he was like please try and enjoy it try and enjoy the carameliness he told me he said try and enjoy the milkiness and as soon as he said that word I was like oh my gosh it's got dairy I haven't even had that in so many years and a lot of these fears I realized were definitely things that i I have grown up being shown if that makes sense like it's normal I mean it's not normal but it makes sense that the things that we fear are things like that are what's the word victimized not victimized um the word is not coming to my head, but I know the word. Things that the media portrays as bad, essentially. Things that my favorite influencer would, you know, put like a raw, healthy version of it because the real version's evil. Um, Or things that the media says like is bad or like, you know, less of this. We all have seen it. We've all grown up in it. I'm sure now I think about it, if the world wasn't so diet culture vibes, where would this fear of so many foods come from? Where would that fear of bread that I had Where would that that have come from? I stopped eating dairy when I was about 15 years old and although there were many different reasons for it, including some ethical reasons, one of the big reasons was a lot of, I'm going to use the word propaganda because now that I have more education, I can look at that and say, actually, no, that's not accurate. A lot of propaganda that I saw online about dairy. Some naturopaths who say dairy is inflammatory, However, if you look at the papers and research behind dairy, there's actually a lot of health benefits in many cases. And as I've said before, do you know what else is inflammatory that's really good for you? Exercise. So it's about knowing all the pieces of of information, not some pieces of information. Anyway, I don't know enough on that to say it's either good or bad. I have no opinion in that sense. On dairy all I know is that I hadn't had it in years and years and years anyway whatever that day was actually a really nice day I had the day off because it was the week before uni started and the week before placement fini- week after sorry my placement finished and I actually had a day that was free which is not existent anymore except half of a weekend um, so all I had that day was training in the night And I, yeah, it was a really nice day. I just chilled at home, got a lot of work done because when you do stuff on social media, there's always work to do. I went to the river and chilled out. I live near the river and I've really been, if you listen to my solo date episode, really been trying to make the most of life and, you know, yeah, be present. So I've been trying to do little solo dates like that. I just went to the river and read my book and wrote in my journal for a little bit. If you've seen this vlog, you will know basically everything I did. Um, a lot of the things I wrote, I wrote in that <laughs> little river trip. And I actually had a nap that it because I was absolutely tired because basically every other day of the week is so hectic. It's just insane and unmanageable. But anyway, it was a good day. Um, I had actually another the fear food. On the way to training which is not so much a fear food anymore because I've been having it as a pre-training snack every now and then and rewiring that thought pattern which is a vegan up and go honestly they slap they're really good I like the vanilla ice my training session was okay had a solid training session and then I went to get dinner with Hayley and we had such a nice time we got pokeballs and we sat on the beach and the moon was really big and we just talked it was. Just a really nice evening. She brought the Caramello Koalas and then later we sat in the car and we talked and m would and then we ate them. You can see everything we talked about in that video. It was just a really wholesome time. And I was a little bit scared but, you know, it was okay. I, I did it. I think I ate the head first. <laughs> and it did remind me of my childhood the taste it was nice it was a little bit like sickly sweet like it did hit me a little bit hard because I hadn't had something so you know like processed or like I'm not gonna use the word unhealthy but something so sugary sugar is not unhealthy you know our body runs off sugar and don't forget pretty much all carbohydrates break down to become sugar molecules glucose molecules in our body which we use as energy broccoli is also a carbohydrate but anyway I digress it was quite sweet I was like oh okay but it did taste nice like it wasn't my favorite thing ever but it wasn't bad I mean imagine if I said I hated it like my, my taste buds definitely just like broccoli now like I don't eat caramel koalas anymore ew <laughs> then I would be lying it was nice like I'm not gonna pretend that my health my health perfectionist mindset isn't I'm not a liar my health perfectionist mindset might be like I hate it like I didn't hate it I didn't love it but it was a caramel koala reminded me of my childhood I saved the feet till last and me and Hayley both agreed that the feet were kind of better because the caramel was just too sweet and the feet had no caramel in it which means essentially the feet were like a Freddo frog but anyway so The only thing that was actually unenjoyable was the aftertaste because i think it's this thing with dairy there's this like dairy aftertaste and as i said i haven't had dairy in so long that i was like what is going on on this day but anyway i realized it was you know the best bit about all of this was i enjoyed a chocolate with my best friend like it wasn't the end of the world it was a really fun night we had together And I think it was just really important in the steps to rewiring that neural connection. So I wanted to make this episode and talk about this because I, yeah, I, I think that realization to me of rewiring that neural connection to overcome not just fear foods, but essentially overcome your eating disorder because the eating disorder is all about restriction. It's all about perfectionism. It's all about fear. It's all about control. And to realize that You are the one in control and you have to take control over your eating disorder. And the best way to do that is to do what it doesn't want you to do so you can fight it. I realized that that was important and I thought that, you know, this is something I can put out there to be positive and to share. So, yeah, I actually just got off an appointment with my psych, this Arvo, so two weeks from that last appointment that I had with him. And we talked about things including fear foods and he actually wanted me to do another challenge and my brain's always like adamant like when he says like to do it like it goes into this defensive feeling almost and that makes me understand that it's disordered and there's still a lot of work to be done. But anyway, he wanted me to have ice cream as my next fear food and my brain instantly thinks like no, why does it have to be the things I really don't want to have the most? um but he wants to rewire those connections and let me just read out something that he did say so he did encourage me to do it with you know Haley, a a friend or with like my mom or somebody because it makes it more manageable but it's also a way that you can enjoy food with someone he said remember that you're doing this to enjoy share and teach you're doing it to share share a moment with my mom share food with my mom and I enjoy it with my mum and also to teach to teach yourself whatever you need to be taught to teach maybe teach that eating disorder or maybe just teach you that you know you can overcome that and oh yeah so that's the next challenge he wants me to do and he also we also talked a lot about um making sure that the challenge is on top of what you do rather than like oh you know he was like try not do it on a training day where after that caramel koala you trained hard that day so it was less scary because you knew you find it hard to get enough energy on the days you have hard training sessions do it on a day you don't have training and I was like ah oh, that just made it way worse and he said try not to do it instead of like you know replacing what you have as a pre-training snack if it was on a training day with a fear food having it in addition So it's important to not trick, you know, fall into the tricks that eating disorder has of, oh, I can have this food because I'm in a deficit anyway. That's not really overcoming that fear food, is it? That's being sneaky because as he said, and it makes very sense, eating disorders are sneaky. They are sneaky. And part of me even now is like, no, I don't want ice cream. I didn't like ice cream as a kid. Like what kid doesn't like ice cream? And sure, I wasn't the biggest fan. Like when we're young and you get to pick an ice cream I would pick a nice block. You know, like I wouldn't go for the ice cream. I don't like the creaminess. I was never a dairy fan as a kid. My mom used to pack me a cheese sandwich in kindy. And this is not eating disorder related at all because my kindy self was so innocent and didn't realize diet culture was a thing. I didn't think about food like that. You know, I was a typical kid. I didn't want to eat the veggies on my plate. I just wanted to have, you know, the chips or the dessert after. Um... And it's really, I'm really lucky cause I can re- like look back and see what my kid self wanted. Whereas some people have had eating disorders their whole life. Whereas as I can look back and be like, my kid self really could like, didn't want food if I didn't want food, but if I did want it, I wanted it. Like if I was full, I remember one time, like my parents made me have like a cheeseburger from Mac's, and I really didn't want it. I felt sick. I remember being like, I feel sick and this is how I can tell you it wasn't disordered eating I was sick I had a stomach bug and I threw up all night after and then was sick on the couch and I remember now I look back i like remember that time you forced me to have a McS burger when I was like nine or ten when I was telling you that I was sick and you just made me have it because you're like you yeah, have to have lunch and then I was sick with a stomach bug but anyway um I never had those disordered thoughts when I was really little about food um which is something that is really helpful for me to look back on and be like what foods did I enjoy how did I used to eat you know what patterns of food did I what patterns did I used to eat and like I used to you know eat when I was hungry and stop when I was full I was more interested in quickly inhaling my sandwich at lunch so I could go and play cops and robbers all of lunch I didn't need to you know make sure that food was really enjoyable I didn't need to be really obsessive over it I was very healthy and a normal kid So, what I was going to say is when I was in Kindy, my mum used to pack me a cheese sandwich every day and I just hated it. And I used to eat the crusts and the bread and throw out the. Actually, I didn't even eat the bread because in Australia, it's too hot to have a cheese sandwich. The cheese goes half melted and it's just yuck. I remember I used to eat the crust and throw out the sandwich. I was like five years old. But if I was packed something that I liked, I would have eaten all of it. Anyway, why am I even saying this? Because I was always an ice block over an ice cream fan as a child. However,. I didn't not hate, I didn't hate it. So anyway, that's the challenge that he wants me to do next. Um, But, and even though my brain's like far out, I really don't want to do this. I really, my, that health perfectionist is still there being like, you don't eat that. I'm also like, no, I ain't going to succumb to this fear food. I am going to rewire those neural connections because it should not be this hard and your brain should not go through this like, racing thoughts and do you know what 2022 the year of realizing things <laughs> the year of recovering so yeah I think that's all I have to say in this episode I you know me I could talk for an eternity but yeah I'm gonna end this episode here I actually won last thing I did in fact do another fear food challenge which wasn't even set by my AD psychologist but it just so happened that Actually, this was in a vlog, this weekend vlog that I did recently after that Fear Food vlog where I went out with Kiara for dinner and her favorite place is ramen. I've never had ramen in my life at that point and I had wanted to try it but it was a fear food, a massive fear food. But I told her and I said, let's do it and we went and do you know what? I'll be honest, I wasn't a fan of the flavors. I I wasn't. It was... I had this smoky flavor to it, and I I'm um, smoked things. I, your girl ain't a fan of, but it wasn't bad, and it was enjoyable to spend that time with her. Go out and catch up. It was a really nice night, and that's her favorite place to eat. And something that I didn't have after was really was guilt over having food that I didn't think was worth it or was amazing, which is definitely another red flag in disordered eating trait. Thinking, oh, I wasted calories because it wasn't super enjoyable. That is disordered. And I've realized so many mindsets like that that I've started to try and chip away at. Like, you can eat a meal, it can be average, as long as you're fueling your body properly. You don't have to have every meal be worth it in bunny ears. But it's also important to enjoy some foods. And there's a lot more, as I said earlier. Food is so many things. So it's so important to have a good relationship with food. Food is fuel nutrition energy culture a way that we socialize and it's so important to have a good relationship so with that i'm going to end this episode i hope you guys enjoyed this episode and found it helpful if you did enjoy this episode please let me know comment on the instagram or my youtube video if you like this episode and let me know what other topics that you would like to hear if you are struggling with an eating disorder please i encourage you to reach out for help because life is so short and we don't have a second chance at it we get one life so you don't want to live it you know struggling I want you to and everybody and myself to have an amazing life so yeah definitely reach out for help there's no harm in getting help if anything it's a release it's freeing it's empowering and the other thing is if you were listening to this episode and you are struggling with an eating disorder or fear foods I'm challenging you to go and have a fear food. Write down a list of fear foods and pick one of them. Pick one and have it and enjoy it as my eating disorder psychologist told me. Enjoy it. If you can't think of ideas, think of things that maybe you liked as a kid. You know, maybe go to a restaurant that you would love to go to. Maybe order that coffee that's a cappuccino instead of a, a long black you if you know you know (laughs) as always i'm going to end this episode with a quote today's quote is change happens when i understand what i want to change so deeply there is no reason to do anything but act in my own best interest thanks for listening to this episode you can support the podcast on patreon i'll link that below you can also support the podcast by leaving a review and following the instagram sharing it on instagram or with your friends Thanks for listening and I hope you join me in the next episode. See ya!